Welcome to another episode of CU Lead, sponsored by NetGiver, the app and platform that enables donors and nonprofits to give and receive on a no-fee basis. On this podcast, we feature credit union industry executives and the impacts they make on communities everywhere. I'm Glenn Frechette, and today I am joined by Lori Herrick. Lori is the president and CEO of Manchester Municipal Federal Credit Union, which is headquartered right up the street in Manchester, Connecticut, not to be confused with Manchester, New Hampshire. And that happens a lot. <laughs> well, you know, I'm, I'm going to say something quippy, and I mean no disrespect when I call you New Englanders, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of names uh, that are in common or the same in each of the states in New England. Absolutely. I get calls from Manchester, New Hampshire all the time. Well, I interviewed one of the CEOs during my time here at this event from Manchester, New Hampshire. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So we are, for our listeners that can't see us, we're at the Apex event. What is the name? I know we're at Mohegan Sun in Connecticut, but what the heck is the name of this city we're in? It's Uncasville. What? Uncasville. Okay. (laughs) All right. Fair enough. Glad you said it because I saw it written and I wasn't even going to attempt it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uncasville, so, Connecticut. Yeah. yeah. Do you do you come to the Mohegan Sun venue here in Casino for events? We do. Actually, the league has a wine event here, a wine gala every single year. Um, it's a it's a wonderful event. It's, you know, to sponsor Kulak. So we're always here for that event. And it's been several years now that we have come here for our annual meeting. Mm. And this is the third year that we have joined with um, CCUA. So it's just not Connecticut. Now there's 400 or 500. I think 700 was going to be the total people in and out at this conference. You know, it's such a big hall and venue we're in. It doesn't look like that's the count and number we're dealing with. Uh, In fact, that was a surprise to have you say that and hear it. Um, but think about the space Mohegan Sun gives us. You couldn't get this kind of allowance out in Las Vegas. Oh, absolutely not. No, it's wonderful. And there's a hundred vendors in, in there as yeah. well. That is, it's, it's amazing. It really is. Well, Laura, you're, you and I are just getting to know one another. A lot of times I interview guests whom I know, uh, we do not. Right. And I'd love for our listeners to also get to know you a bit better if they do not already. Can you talk to us about your own journey and how long you've been influencing credit unions? Absolutely. So I've been in credit unions now for 26 years. I fell into it. It was just absolutely amazing. I answered an ad to be a part-time assistant to a credit union manager. And it was the best interview I ever had. I got the job. And um, fell in love with credit unions immediately. She left 11 months later because she was promoted to a much larger credit union. And three years later, I became the CEO. Three years. You were a part-time assistant to, was it a a mid-level manager, a senior manager? It was the senior manager. And she ended up getting, and we were a small credit union at that point. Well, we still are, but we were. 3 million in assets and she got a, like a promotion to a $25 million credit union. Yeah. And that was huge, yeah. especially back then. And so she took it and I worked really hard for three years to uh, learn everything I could. And then uh, the board offered me the job. 
unbelievable yeah. thrust right into the role. Right into it. Unbelievable. So you've been the CEO for 23 of the 26 years? Yes. Then? Yeah. Oh, what a fantastic yeah. ride. And you and I were talking before we began recording. You're also a, a CUNA board member. Do I so have I'm, that right? I'm a CUNA board member. And it's, it's pretty funny on how this little journey happened, actually, as well. You know Jill Nowacki? Yes, very okay. well. Okay. So Jill was the CEO of the Connecticut Credit Union League. And back in about 2016 or 17, she put my name in to be, because she knew, she knew how passionate I was about small credit unions. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times NCUA examiners and other people that, you know, know me pretty well would call me and say, hey, can you help this person with some policies? Can you do this? Can you do that with small credit unions? And I was always on a small credit union committee, small credit union this. Well, she put me in for a role on CUNA's small credit union committee. Mm -hmm. And I got the job or the, the seat, but she forgot to tell me. So I got this letter telling me, congratulations, you've been, you know, uh, selected to the small credit union committee of CUNA. And I had no idea what that was. So I called the league and, and Jill said, oh, I forgot to tell you put your name in. Something I meant to bring up. <laughs> and so I got the seat on the small credit union committee, which was just absolutely amazing. It gave, it gave me a voice that on a national level that I never had. I always had one in Connecticut, being on small credit union committees and on the league, Hartford chapter committees. And it put me on that committee, which we then, you know, talked to NCUA about things, you know, small credit unions needed help with. And, and, you know, it just, it was wonderful. So I was on that committee for five years and I was chair and then the past chair, and then you, you roll off. So I was rolling off and I was like, oh my goodness, I, you know, I really love being in yeah. this role. And so I decided to run for a, a seat on the CUNA board and I won the seat on the on the CUNA board. Amazing. How long um, ago was that? I've just finished my second year. Okay. And CUNA is hopefully in the middle of a merger with NAFQ. That's right. And we will hopefully be America's credit unions moving forward. Mm -hmm. And if that does happen, I have also been selected to serve on the transition board for the next three years. Um, wow. That, if that, if that. Yeah, that was uh, certainly big industry news when it was announced. Where are we? We're in early October at the moment. That was announced probably back in August. August, the end of August. Okay. Yeah. yeah gosh, time flies. It does fly. Well, thank you for bringing all of our listeners up to speed on your own experience and past, which definitely serves well for the questions that I have of you uh, today. So let's let's dive in. Okay. Doesn't matter, Lori, whether we're sitting in Nebraska or California or Florida or Connecticut, serving credit union members and nonprofits within communities is never more important than it is today. I'm just a reader and a listener, but I'm following what the next year may include for a lot of us and certainly the constituents that you serve. Talk to us about you being a leader in your community, specifically as it relates to nonprofits. So, you know, it, it's, it's really important for us and for me to... We, my role in this credit union that I am as the CEO, we're a, um, a common bond uh, municipal. Mm. So it is the police department, the fire department, the town employees of uh, Manchester, 
and to get behind them and, you know, and, and, and help them with their needs. We've had the police department tell us, especially over the last several years, you know, there's a lot of homelessness out there. And just simple things like, what can we do? How can we help? $5 gift cards to Cumberland Farms so that they can hand them out when they do see somebody. They can go in and get a hot coffee and get a slice of pizza or whatever. Fantastic. So, you know, just, you know, small things like that. We're really involved heavily in food pantries because food insecurity is another thing that our credit union is passionate about. We're across the street from a food pantry. Mm-hmm. So we see the people there all the time. So these are a couple of things that we're really passionate about and we try to get involved. Helping works, volunteer, donate money, anything that we can do. And our members are incredibly generous as well. Mm. We just had our annual meeting. We made baskets. We had raffles. We raised $1,300 for from our members um, to donate to these things nonprofit community. And it sounds as though they were also donating their time with the assembly of baskets, perhaps. Absolutely. And, oh my gosh. I think that's awesome. Yeah. It's not an easy task to pull off, to ask individuals to participate in something that's important to you. Yeah. But boy, isn't that the essence of what we do inside a credit union nation? Yeah, it really is. And to think that we had 90 or 100 members show up. I'm a small credit union, $36 million in assets. I have 2,500 members. 100 or so showed up for our annual meeting. And we usually have a good turnout like that. And to think that we made $1,300 off of those members who bought raffle tickets for those baskets to win those baskets so that they could donate. And we tell them what we're donating to, to the food pantries, to, you know, to veteran services, anything in town that, you know, that it's in need. Mm-hmm. Um, All things being relative, 100 is still 5%-ish of 2,500. So that's a huge accomplishment. It is. Imagine some of the larger credit unions across the country, if they were to draw, you know, 500,000 members times 5% is a pretty right. big number. Right. I know the number. I just don't want to reveal my math skills. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. So that's awesome. I love yeah. to hear that. Part of this podcast is also featuring the real talent that exists inside of our industry with the people who work for credit unions. Do you find that you've created this culture of give back, whether that's monetary give back or giving with their feet, as you've just described? Do you feel like the things you're doing contribute to attracting great people? I really do. And I can like honestly tell you, we, we don't have turnover. Sometimes I, I, I'm at a meeting and people are saying, oh, it's so hard to find employees. It's so hard to find this. My loan officer just hit 20 years. I lost a couple of people over COVID, but they retired because they were a little bit older. Mm-hmm. And they just said, you know what? We don't really want to be, you know, in working anymore. We don't need to be. Yep. And they retired. Off to the good life. Off to the good life. Exactly. But mm-hmm. I don't have turnover. I have, you know. My, the employees that are there uh, have been there for years and years. The one, one thing that I think makes a huge difference as well to the, with these employees is I kind of hire people and do exactly to them what was done to me. Mm. Okay. I'm hiring a teller. That teller could be the next CEO. And so I want her to have all the opportunities that I have. I want her to learn everything in the credit union. I want her to, you know, 
to, you know, we do CPD online, especially now that there's not a lot of uh, education things to go to. So, you know, they're online training and things like that. But, but more than that, it's mentoring my, myself or, or one of the other people in there. We want them all to succeed and we want to grow from within. And I feel like it, it, it's, it was right for me and I really think it would be right for our credit union as well. So that's how we've always, that's how I've always looked at it. Uh, that teller could be the next. Like I said, we're, I'm very blessed. Uh, and I, I've said that about everything, the job that I've gotten, the roles that I've played, just the things that my, the board has always been behind, behind me a hundred percent. We have a really wonderful credit union and a board and the membership, but we started a student loan program in 2008 that nobody else has. And I've done web webinars on it and I share all my policies. So it is a homegrown student loan program. Let's hear it, please. I would love to. Really? Okay. So basically when you come in to get a student loan, the student has to come in, the parent has to come in. We educate the student on what they're going to be you know, spending. It's immediate repayment. I do not let any deferment because that's where you get into trouble. But if you're going to take out a $15,000 loan for 15 years, you know, and it's a great interest rate. We try to keep it really low. It's probably in the five, six percent area right now. You know, the parents are going to need to pay the hundred dollars a month while you're in school. Oh, oh, what? so it's you, you really mean immediate repayment. Oh, immediately. Upon uh, disbursement. Upon disbursement. Absolutely. <laughs> wow. It keeps you, it, they know that they have a payment due every single year, every single month, excuse yeah. me. And they don't forget about it. Mm -hmm. It's not accruing interest. So when they graduate that, you know, 10 or $15,000 is now sixteen, eighteen thousand dollars $18,000. When they graduate that $10,000 loan, you know, is $6,000 because their parents have paid for it while they were in school. Once they graduate and they get a job, mm -hmm. now it's theirs. Sure. And if they make their loan payments on time for, for uh, a year, the parents are removed from that. And now the parents don't have all this burden on them of, uh, you know, debt, student yeah. loan debt on their, on their credit as well. Stating the obvious here, Lori, that you have keenly recognized, now you're also attracting younger members to the credit union. Absolutely. It's no longer just their parents' credit union. It becomes theirs. And I just want to tell you a funny story. I'm in the vendor hall yesterday, and I met one of my members who has a student loan with ah. us. And I knew his father, but I really didn't know him. And, and he looked at my tag and he said, oh, my God, Lord, I have my student loan with you. Um, super cool. It, it is super cool. And so those members do. And I've done, I haven't done an analysis in a little while, but last year, those student loans that I have on my books, which I've never had a delinquency and they're not dischargeable in bankruptcy, now have about $800,000 in other loans, car loans, personal loans, their checking account, direct deposit coming in. You know, they're my members. So my age demographic on this credit union is definitely lowering tremendously because of these student loans that we've done. And even if you haven't put a young, young person into one of these loans, they simply investigated it. Perhaps you're getting a new member that way, even if they aren't a loan participant. Absolutely. I would, I would suspect. But it's a win. It's, you know, and, and we are always about a win-win for, you know, for, for both. It's a win-win for the credit union because we're gaining younger members. We're giving them a loan at a great rate. And they're winning because they're not graduating from college 
And all of a sudden, four and a half or five years later, opening these bills up that they had no idea what they really did sign for. They have no idea. Our members know exactly what Hmm. they've signed for, exactly what they're going to pay. And every year they have to come in and apply for the loan again because we want to make sure they're going to the same school. People transfer all the time. Sometimes, you know, college rates go up a little bit. We encourage them to go back and talk to them again and say, I can, I can, uh, you know, my parents and we can afford this much. Can you come down a little bit? Can I get a little bit more of a grant? We've Let's have the conversation. Tremendous response from that. Yeah. They've come back and said, I got $2,500 more off that bill. Thank you so much. For oh the, my gosh. Yeah. I love that we're chatting about this because as you and I are both aware, it's a very hot topic at the moment uh, on a national level. My suspicion is it will make its way to someone's platform running for president of the United States. Yeah. So this is a hot topic, no doubt. It's a hot topic. And you you might be asked for your opinion as we move nearer to an election. Well, I have to tell you, I was on a webinar call with the Small Credit Union Committee with CUNA talking to chairman, at the time, Chairman Rodney Hood. And he asked me, so what's your special sauce at your credit union? And I was like, oh, and everybody at the table said, your student loan is your student loan. Mm. So I said, my student loans, you're right. Uh, you know, they are. And he said, how, how can you do student loans and not have any delinquencies or charge-offs? And the government can't do that. And I said, because we educate mm-hmm. our um, young people on the cost of college and you know, and what they're going to pay back. And we don't defer payments. And it's a, about education. And, and, and they definitely understand. They know what they're getting into. I love it. I love it. I want to transition into a topic that has also become not controversial per se, but how about one of hypersensitivity over the last couple of years? And that is social responsibility. Uh, I also think that's a fairly broad topic. As soon as I say it, people's minds typically go toward the DEI initiative. I think of credit unions as having been the poster children of all things social responsibility for many decades, not just the last three years. What I'd love to hear from you, Lori, is your perspective on where we sit and how you help the cause along specific to social responsibility? You know, it's, that's such a great question because like you said, when you first asked the question, your mind goes to, right, DEI or whatever. And I have been in so many meetings and lectures and, and all this stuff. And it always came back to the same thing for me. We've always done this. Mm. This is nothing new at all. The social responsibility that we feel is to our members to make sure that their financial well-being is always looked at. And like I said, we never looked at these people as, oh, we're going to make a little bit of money off of them. We looked at it as we're going to give them a loan for the least amount of interest rate that we can to get them back on their feet and help them um, with the student loans or with, you know, first time home buyer or consolidation. And it's the same way with our board with, you know, our employees, we've treated them just like I, like you want to be treated. Mm-hmm. And I would never treat anybody any different. And so I feel like the last three years that this has become such a hot topic, but I feel like we've done that the whole entire time. And it's no different for us right now than it was 
um, 10 or 15 years. Ago. Great. So you can look at your staff and say, we got this. Absolutely. We've always had this. We've always had it. Yeah. You'd be glad to know that you're in good company. Other CEOs feel similarly that Credit Union Nation has always done a fantastic job of stepping up. Yeah. You can't say the same necessarily for for-profit organizations. No disrespect to them. They all have a, we all have a place in this world, but it's just a little different. Yeah. You're right. And even with my credit union, you know, there was, you know, a few years ago and I, you know, there was the talk of boards getting paid, you know, getting paid, mm. you know, boards could get this or boards could get that. And there was, there was this, it was a topic. Yeah. And, and my board heard about it and said, we have always differentiated ourselves of, we don't, it's a volunteer position. Right. We don't want to get paid. We don't expect to get paid. This is something that we've always done and it's a volunteer position and we're going to continue to stand that way. So I really give my board huge kudos for yeah, that. That's huge. Are any of them here with They're, you at this they conference? They are not. Ah, okay. And I'm really sad about it. Well, maybe a good place for us to end is on a personal note. So for me, what I'd like to do for those that are willing to volunteer their time and, and have a chat with me is I want you to be able to plug an organization that's perhaps near and dear and personal for your family. This way, our listeners can do a little research and find out more about that organization. Do you have one? Oh, you know, it was really hard to just pick one <laughs> because I have so many that are near and dear to my heart, but this one is the best. I, I just love this so much. So have you ever heard of Tunnel to Towers? Tunnel to Towers? Yeah. No. Really? No. Okay. So Tunnel to Towers is huge, and it's T to T2, the number two, T.org is the website. Wait, do it again slowly. T. Yep. Two, number two, T.org. Okay. Okay, so it's Tunnel to Towers. Okay. And what it is, is Frank Siller, whose brother was a firefighter in New York City in, in, during uh, 9-11. Oh, oh, yes. So yes, he yes. lost, you know, the whole unit, and he lost his brother and everything. So he started this mission about helping first responders, people that have lost their lives, family members, and veterans of all kinds. So he, this is what he asks for from the average everyday citizen is $11 a month. Okay. Okay. $11 a month. And what he does is he pays off the homes of maybe, you know, of people who have been, their loved ones have been killed in battle over in Iraq or Iran or in, you know, in anywhere. We had mm. two uh, police officers in Bristol, Connecticut killed last year. He paid their mortgages off. The top. So this is what he does. And it's all about taking care of the veterans and the people, our first responders who take care of, of, of us. There's a gentleman in Florida who donated, I, I think it was a thousand acres of land. Wow. And he's building homes, smart homes for, uh, pe you know, all the veterans that have come back that have lost legs or arms, oh, yeah. you know, are, are disabled in any way. He's building smart homes for them that, with wheelchair accessibility and all this. Um, it just, it's an amazing organization. Incredible. That just is all about veterans first responders and helping the family members not have to worry about paying 
their mortgage. I wonder, was he featured here on the 60-minute special that aired right on 9-11 this year? He probably was because he is very, you know, and there are a lot of celebrities that endorse him as well that are huge. You know, Cole Hauser, I believe his name is. Oh, yeah, from, sure. From uh, Yellowstone. Yellowstone. <laughs> He's a huge supporter. Rob Lowe yeah. is a huge supporter. There are just a lot of celebrities that, are, that, that support his cause. And 98% of the donations that are given go straight to the, the mortgages, you know, building these homes and things of that nature. He, I think it's he's, great. he's amazing. He's, and his whole organization is just amazing. There's so many people that have gotten behind him. So the name must come from something that has to do with the towers. Right. Well, his brother tunnel. ran into the towers, uh-huh. went into the tunnel, into the towers. He was a fire, uh, fireman to save people. And he never came out. So it's Tunnel to Towers. Love it. Okay. So no, boy, I, I'm ashamed that I don't know anything about it, but now I do. And that's, that's the purpose of me asking that question, as I always want to learn about organizations, it's, as do our listeners. It's unbelievable. I, it's so near and dear to my heart. My family, I happen to come from a family of veterans as well. Mm-hmm. World War One, World War Two, no. any, anywhere, Vietnam, Desert Storm, Iraq. I mean, my I, family on both sides. Servants. Servants. Oh, that's awesome. So it's it's a huge veterans. Anything veterans is huge for me. And, and this one hits home. And well, Lori, we, we didn't know each other. Let's call it 35 minutes ago. Okay. But now I feel like I know you exceptionally well. Awesome. I, me too. Me yeah. too. And it was, it was such a nice talk. Nice chat. I loved yeah. it. It was very, very nice. I promised you it would be a piece of cake and you absolutely crushed it. Well, so. I don't know about that. But I was a little nervous. And you said that I wasn't going to be. But I said, I'm a little nervous. <laughs> Well, so nice to talk with you. Enjoy the rest of your conference. Thank you so much. Thank you so much.